ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. And there's one particular party out there that was the catalyst for all this that haven't been investigated at all. Um, their governance and conduct in this whole thing, the Hawthorne Football Club, just shameful. That's Alistair Clarkson taking aim at his former club as the master tactician vents over the stalled process of a racism investigation into his time at Hawthorne. Ever since this story broke in grand final week 2022, Clarkson has been measured and circumspect. What has driven this release of invective and what might it mean for the investigation? That in a moment, plus we'll also have the weekend forecast for both codes, plus sound bites from the week of sport that you really need to hear. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Clinch is a commentator and host of the lead on Grandstand AFL each Saturday at midday Eastern. Clinchy, why was Alistair Clarkson venting his anger at the ongoing racism investigation this week? Well, Stacky, everyone wants this finished as quickly and as fairly as possible. And in the end, the only person who's really winning at the moment are the lawyers who are charging per hour. So Clarkson went public with his frustration and his disappointment that both Hawthorne and the AFL have really got no end date in sight as it stands at the moment. So uh, the frustration from his point of view is that this is meant to be a confidential process and a lot of it is being played out in the media. bit intriguing that the, that the guy who actually establishes the protocol around confidentiality actually breaches it yesterday. So the chair of the panel investigating the claims, Bernard Quinn QC, released a statement detailing the process of the investigation, the stage in which they're up to. In Clarkson's eyes, that violates the confidentiality that all parties have been asked to abide by. So he's starting to question how can he trust the process going forward? And it must be said, I think that's a fair question to ask, given the procedural fairness in which all members should be entitled to hasn't necessarily been followed. We've waited for eight months to get... um some sort of process going in terms of a fair, what you call procedural fairness in terms of the, the legal game and the procedural fairness offered to myself, Fags and Jason has been next to zero. Clarkson's got a reputation, I think, for two things, being a master tactician and for having a short temper. How much of this outburst is a tactical choice or is this just a straight loss of temper at something he believes genuinely unjust and taking far too long? It's a passionate and emotional response in which you've become accustomed to when it comes to Alistair Clarkson. But I think the one thing that stood out yesterday is that he is frustrated. Yeah, we're just waiting for the opportunity and the, and the platform to be able to tell our side of the story. And when we, uh, when we get that, then, you know, Fags, myself and Jace, right from the get-go, have been willing to cooperate and be involved in this investigation. But eight months later, we still haven't heard when or how it's all going to unfold. So that will hopefully transpire in the in the next little while. Due to the process that has taken place in which they want, before they're interviewed, they want to see documents which detail the allegations against them. And as it stands at the moment, the First Nation players say the documents contain personal and sensitive information and have refused to provide that forward. So that's one of the major impasses taking place at the moment. The hope is that a mediation date might take place in the latter stages of May. But at the moment, as it stands, it feels like we're further and further away from that than ever before. Clarkson's the key protagonist in this. This, It's the biggest story in the AFL right now, and maybe in some years. How will this outburst impact what happens next? Well, it's got to be taking a toll on him. The fact that North Melbourne only scored 34 points last week against St Kilda, he's struggling with his side and he's trying to implement a new game plan. So you feel like whoever you are, this has got to distract you from what your main job is. We're all big boys. Usually when you've got a crisis or something going on in your life, you can usually work out how to solve it within a week or two. 
not eight months. That's the frustration, but we'll work our way through it. And uh, in the meantime, we've got a game of footy, a game that I love. Where it ends, well, it might end up in the courts if they can't find a way in which to bring all the parties together and mediation can take place because, unfortunately, um, they can't even get the parties together, let alone settle on some sort of compromise. And the challenge for Hawthorne is that they're meant to be celebrating a premiership back in 2013, a 10-year reunion in which the last person you think would be attending that, given the statements that took place yesterday, would be Alistair Clarkson against his former club. Let's do an investigation on them and their practices and see how they go. And then if there are faults or policies that have been breached by the Hawthorne Football Club, could they be stripped of potential draft picks in which the club at the moment, sitting on the bottom of the ladder, would be looking at the number one draft pick? So there's a lot on the line when it comes to how the AFL deals with this and if they can actually deal with it. Matt Clinch, it's a complex story. Thanks for unpacking it for us in three sharp questions. Pleasure, Stacky. Looking at the weekend forecast, and Clarkson's comments took some of the focus away from the fact ex-Kanga's number one draft pick, Jason Horn francis will face his former club for the first time as North Melbourne host Port Adelaide Saturday afternoon. There has been a heck of a lead into this fixture, with the AFL releasing a statement discouraging the booing of players and citing Buddy Franklin and Horn francis specifically. Then there was the news a brewery had pulled a meme beer featuring Pac with an illustration of the teenage star taking an ice bath. Why an ice bath? Well, it's a reference to a rumoured reluctance to undertake the practice after a game while playing for the Kangas back in the day. It's a bit of a trend with another brewery releasing a sour beer called Lobster Tears, which was tied to Rory Lobb's return clash with his old club Fremantle. Welcome to the AFL in 2023. Mean beers. You feel like opportunistic breweries may have found a little marketing niche. Melbourne's legal team might have had a few celebratory froths after Jacob Van Ruyen was cleared to play Hawthorne after his two-game ban for striking was overturned by the AFL Appeals Board. The snap off his right, got under it a bit, won't make the distance. Ballard stood underneath it, Van Ruyen a bit crude in that attempt. The hearing went four hours. That's the equivalent of eight quarters of footy. The Demons will be highly fancied against the Hawks on Saturday afternoon. And on Saturday night, keep an eye out for the Navy Blues v. the Dogs. Carlton bounced back against West Coast last week, and that sees them pitted against the resurgent Bulldogs. It's worth looking out for Doggy's new recruit and ex-cricketer James O'Donnell. Yes, that is the son of former Aussie cricketer slash St Kilda player Simon O'Donnell. And speaking of all-round excellence, a reminder, you can catch every game of AFL live and ad-free on the ABC Listener. Swerving over to the NRL right now and talking rugby league. It's Zach Bailey from Channel 9. Zach, you know how every year we think this is the season, the storm are going to fall away? I actually believed it this year. Was last night's victory over Brisbane the clearest indication yet that it ain't happening in 2023? Well, I think as long as Craig Bellamy's there and they've got the likes of Cameron Munster and Harry Grant, you cannot write the Melbourne Storm off. Yes, they've lost so much experience in that team and they were fading, but what a win. The countdown's on. Two, one, that's it. Melbourne wins. What a rugby league game. Beating the Broncos, who are the inform and the hottest property in the NRL this season. The thing is, the Broncos, that is their hoodoo. 
against the Melbourne Storm. They haven't beaten them for the last 13 games. So Melbourne do have the wood over the Broncos, but a, a crucial win at this time of year, as you said, with a lot of people thinking they were fading. They will be there at the back end of the year, guarantee you that. The big talking point out of that game for the Broncos is that Pat Carrigan, who was sin-bin last night for a hip drop, has been cleared today by the match review committee. So that's good news for Maroons and Broncos fans. But the confusion about the hip drop and what it actually is continues to roll on and we're 11 rounds into the comp. In Friday Night Footy, there is an enormous focus on the Panthers and the Roosters, especially for the Chooks. They're teetering on the edge of the eight. They've been a punching bag for the media this week over salary cap headaches, the defection of Joseph Suali'i. Does this feel like a real swing game for their season? 100%. As you said, they've been criticised for the way they've been playing. They've dropped Sam Walker, who was meant to be the next big thing. A lot of people are questioning whether Brandon Smith was worth the money and is he the right player to play hooker for their club. They've got all the big names, but I remember Trent Robinson said a couple of years ago when they bombed out of the final straight sets. It's spinning plates and you feel like, oh, I've got to get that one moving a bit more. I need to do that. And it just couldn't align them well enough. And I just don't think it's working at the moment. So this is a huge game. But like the Broncos bogey team against the Melbourne Storm, the Roosters have lost six straight against the Panthers. So if they go out there and beat Penrith at home, uh, where Penrith have won 29 of their last 32 or something ridiculous, then it would be a massive win. So a big game for the Roosters, also a big game for the Panthers because they're not where they've been at over the last couple of years when they've gone on to win both the uh, last two premierships. Ben Hunt will play game 300 as the Dragons take on a resurgent Cowboys. But I think a lot of people will be thinking about what this game could mean for Anthony Griffin, the coach. Will it be or could it be his final game in charge at St George Illawarra? Uh, yeah, it definitely could be. Who knows what's going to happen or when the, the Dragons potentially pull the trigger. I think one thing is clear that Anthony Griffin won't be the coach there next year because there's so much talk about the club already reaching out to Jason Riles and Ben Hornby as potential successes. The big question will be when the Dragons management decide to pull the trigger on that decision. If they have another big loss up in Townsville this week, then potentially it could happen as early as next week. Do they write this season off and just continue with him in charge? That's a big question for Dragons management. But as you said, Ben Hunt, 300 games. I feel sorry for him to be in this position because he's been such a good player throughout his career for the comp. He's been defending Hook each week and his future. So hopefully Ben Hunt puts in a great performance. Hopefully, you know, I hope the Dragons win because uh, they've been bashed from pillar to post. But in terms of Anthony Griffin, he is desperate, desperate for his side to beat the Cowboys this weekend. Zach Bailey, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Pat. Time for Soundbite as we get you around all the audio bites you need to snack on this week. If you follow the NBA, you'll know ex-Warriors coach, one-time player and now broadcaster Mark Jackson. For whatever reason, he cops it a bit on social media platforms, but he really earned the scorn this week when the MVP voting was revealed. So the way voting works is 100 NBA media people pick their top five players with athletes accruing points depending on how high you rank them. The top three overall were Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. There were a few raised eyebrows when one person out of the 100 left Jokic out of the top five entirely. Who could this mystery person be? I apologize to the Denver Nuggets. I apologize to Nikola Jokic, who is not only in the MVP discussion and deserved to be on my ballot, but he's one of the greatest players in the history of this game. and He's a top 10 center of all time. Uh, I own it. 
If you want to take away my vote or do whatever, more than welcome. I made a mistake. He deserves, in my opinion, to be clearly. I would have still voted for Joel Embiid, the MVP. But with Giannis and Joker, second and third, they deserve that. Uh, incredible year by him. He continues to make history. I own the mistake, and I apologize. Thankfully for Jackson, it didn't impact the overall voting too much. Just bruised egos, really. Mother's Day this Sunday, and how is this story about the love between a mum and her son? Nico Hines' mother, Julie, this week was spared a jail sentence over drug charges. She's moving back in with her son, who was clearly beaming at getting mum round to his place. Very happy to move past this now and bring my mum home and, and look after her and... Yeah, put her into a community that that looks after me. The judge noted, quote, that her sons are beside her providing her this support reflects on her as a parent. She has done an excellent job raising her two sons, which will now provide her with the same support she has provided them all their lives. All the feels. Yasasvi Jaisawal. Ever heard of him? Me neither. Well, the 21-year-old just scored an unbeaten 98 from 47 balls for Rajasthan in the IPL. More impressive? The 50 came from 13 balls. 13. Outstandingly played, young man. You're going to see a lot more of you, Yashasvi Jaiswal. Just turn back because you will see Joe Root and Kumar Sangakara standing up and applauding for you. And that comes from dreams. Wow. Just wow. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Cricket, IPL, Channel 9 and NBA Radio for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.